Hello and welcome to season three of the Six Comms podcast. If you are a professional who cares about the way you communicate and wants to further improve this essential skill, you have definitely come to the right place. The six C's in Six Comms stands for connection, compassion, curiosity, clarity, customization, and consistency. These are the essential ingredients for communication to be successful. And of course, not forgetting that special ingredient that we like to sprinkle on top of attentive listening. So sit back and listen carefully as your host and my very good friend, Lisa Partridge, along with her inspiring guests, talk about the real communication challenges we're all facing now and how we can overcome them with some practical tips that you can use instantly. If you like what you hear and you think your colleagues and friends would benefit from listening, then please pay it forward and share your favourite episodes with them. Also, if you have a moment in your day, then please could you take the time to leave a short review. We would really appreciate it as it really does help. Now on with today's episode with your host, Lisa Partridge. In this episode, episode 22, I'm joined by Anita Stephen and we're talking about communicating with compassion and care. But first, a little bit about Anita, who is based in KL, Malaysia. Anita is a qualified lawyer and practiced law for several years as a civil litigator. She never imagined leaving law, but she did, and quite by accident. Anita stumbled into the education industry. Initially, she was a teacher, where she got the opportunity to meet some pretty amazing people from different parts of the world. Teaching gave rise to the chance of setting up and managing a business, which was another fantastic journey. She then got involved in fundraising and training, and she's now once again back into fundraising. Anita has loved every single change that her professional life has brought her, as unconventional as these routes may have been. She says that each experience has been different and has promoted growth that she cannot possibly have imagined. The most important of these experiences are the people she has had the chance to meet and, in, and be inspired by along the way. Anita and I both feel that communicating with compassion and care has always been important, but never more so than now. Communicating across cultures, across generations and tailoring our communication to suit different communication styles has always been challenging. However, with the pandemic we have had to orientate ourselves to very different ways of working with added health issues, so it is even more challenging now. We explore what it means to communicate in a compassionate way with care, what it looks like in action how the way we work now has had an impact, what it means to be professional as many of us continue to work from home and what boundaries there might be that we should consider. If we want to communicate with more care and compassion, what might we need to keep in mind? Now, let's get into this episode. Hello, Anita. Welcome to the Six Comms podcast. Hi Lisa, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, it's lovely to see you. Um, it's funny because we were just talking a moment ago, as I like to call the warm-up session, to get guests feeling comfortable and ready to have a conversation with me. And I shared that I've got a, a kind of a sore throat at the moment. So I'm kind of with my cup of honey and ginger and mint tea. Um, and I was saying to you, oh, you know, I've tested I don't have COVID. Everything's all right. And you quite rightly said to me, we don't need to worry. We're on the screen. It doesn't matter. We're on a Zoom call. But it's funny how we've got into that kind of checking in with each yes. other and sharing those details. Yes. Um. So I think this topic, you know, that we're talking about today, communicating with compassion and care is needed ever so much in what we've experienced in the last few years with the pandemic the way that we're working is completely changed yeah. and so there's a lot of things that we're having to navigate and deal with so I just wanted to start by asking you what what you feel communicating with compassion is what does it mean to you um before I actually get into the answer, I want to say that I'm not an expert <laughs> in um, the area of communicating with compassion. And so I don't want to be seen as I'm trying to define something because I think it's huge. Yeah. Um, just here to share a point of view. And um, I, I think that's important because it's something that maybe we can build on um, as others interact with us, hopefully through this. Um. Um, to my mind, I think communicating with compassion or care is um, is like a discipline or a skill. And I think it requires a lot of conscious effort. Mm. Um, so if I'm brutally honest, I probably fail more often than I succeed at communicating with compassion. Um, and I think... We, we can look at how difficult that is um, a little bit later when we talk further mm. more. But, but um, to go back to what you've asked, um, I, I was thinking about this. Um, for me, um, communicating with compassion is something that um, I borrow from my faith. Um, mm. it's, it's something that... Um, um, I try to work out according to my worldview. And I think that each one of us um, actually does that. I think I think we work it out according to our worldviews of things. Mm. Um, and, and so for me, um, what I've been taught ever since I was little and even now as I, I grow in my own faith, communi communicating with care is um, literally putting... Putting um is literally the idea of uh, loving your neighbor more more than yourself, um because um yeah because if I think about it I am very inclined <laughs> to be gentle with myself uh, to to be kind to myself um and to be understanding of my own situation um but but I have to caveat this because um um I guess with how messed up situations are, our backgrounds are and that kind of thing, mm. um, there are people who also find it hard to be kind to themselves. Mm. You know? So if you are your worst critic or yeah. if you are constantly dismissing yourself, you know, like um, if you're saying, oh, you know what? 
I shouldn't take that so badly. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Um, you're probably not communicating very compassionately with yourself either. And, and this happens. This happens um, with people who have experienced bullying or who have been constantly dismissed or who, who've just been criticized all the way that they don't really um, know how to value themselves. Um, so I think, I think there are a lot of buzzwords that we hear when we talk about communicating with care or compassion. Mm. Uh, we talk about, you know, empathy. We talk about understanding and concern and all of this. But I guess for me, um, all of this stem from love. And, mm. and love is not so easy. It's not. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that. What you said. I mean, what really resonated for me as you were talking was this this idea of we're not always so kind to ourselves, and we're not always the first people to be self compassionate. <laughs> yes. Um, and all of what you mentioned about you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing this, and you know those inner voices. Um, yeah. Yeah, I resonate with that, and I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with that. Yeah. And it's kind of this idea that. You know, if you can't be yourself compassionate, then how can you be expected to communicate compassionately with others? Yes. If you're not even doing that to yourself. So yes. everything kind of starts with you. Um, and I love how you picked up that word love and like the values um and your worldviews and your faith and, and what you grew up with, no no doubt, through speaking with your family and interacting with them and your community um so yeah I, I love that I think that our values relate to how we show and who our role models are in our lives yeah as you were speaking there I, I was reminded of my mum and you know the role that she's she's played in my life and funnily enough <laughs> the episode <laughs> is called communicating uh with care and care has come up a lot um in recent months for me with various people but the person I always think of when I think of care is my mum because she's actually a carer so she oh. cares for the elderly oh wow um, so I, I think I've learned a lot of compassion from the way she is with others mm, um, mm. and not everyone has those role models as you say mm. we don't have that environment in which to learn and experience from and um, and I do want to echo what you said at the beginning, which is we are not experts, Anita. We are just sharing our personal anecdotes and feelings on this subject. Um, okay, so let's go a bit further. If we kind of, we, we recognise what compassion is, what is it when it's in action? And have you seen it? Could you share any examples of it? Okay, um, I guess... I think I think compassionate communication is actually proactive communication. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's asking someone how they are genuinely because you want to know. So you're not expecting a, a, a you know I'm fine I'm fine you know not just a pat answer not something like that you know um, you genuinely want to hear how mm. they are and and they need to have that feeling from you. Um, so, you know, Lisa, you and I have done different training courses where we talk about communication and we even talk about communications um, using our bodies, our body language. Mm. Um, um, you know, if you're asking someone, how are you? And you're going, 
like dismiss <laughs> someone else you're not um you're not probably very focused on them um so even those things um add towards this um compassionate communication um i think this is easier said uh because we're quite quick to say it um we uh communi- uh, compassionate communication is not judgmental mm. but at the same time i think it's also communication where you are not afraid of speaking the truth in mm. love um so if you know someone who is doing something self destructive mm. or if you know someone who you know who's you know just completely doubting themselves you know if you don't say anything to them to to try and influence them or to try and help them through that you know um process you certainly aren't communicating with compassion you know so i i believe it's proactive um and the list you know it isn't exhaustive um i know you can say for sure it doesn't include bullying it doesn't mm. include bulldozing or you know dismissing people um or delivering cutting criticism um you know it's a it's a long list um but like like you um um my biggest example of someone who communicated uh, very compassionately with me um is my mom uh, you know um she passed on about 16 years ago um but you know the thing about my mother is um i'm never ever in doubt you know 16 years later i'm not ever in doubt of her feelings for me of her love for me because of how much she shared with me how much she molded me how much she spoke about me but at the same time it wasn't a mushy kind of a love <laughs> it was so not mushy um and and she she was very capable of delivering a rocket when i needed it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um so she 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 was constantly empowering me um you know um acknowledging um acknowledging my strengths um um i i remember i remember when i was really young um so i i i grew up you know uh loving michael jackson though i don't really know where i stand on him <laughs> right now but so yeah it's out there now in the world but okay so um i remember when we were little um my my uh we were in my cousin's house and my uncle put on we are the world and everyone was grabbing the mic to sing um believe it or not that i have moments where i am incredibly shy and and when it came to the part with you know for michael jackson to sing the chorus they gave me the they gave me the the mic and i just went no no you know and, and i i didn't i didn't step up someone else did um and and i what what i heard was a person singing but it wasn't great it wasn't pitch perfect and when we were going back in the car i just said to my mom you know what i could have sung that better you know i think da, 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 da. and she said well you know what anita you really can't comment because you didn't step up you know <laughs> if if you had if you had taken the opportunity and if you had done that then you could comment perhaps on um you know how this was better that wasn't she said you chickened out you have no say in this 
Um, and later, later, of course, she helped me to recognize that, hey, I need to, mm. I need to also be heard. I need to not block my opportunities of being heard when I'm granted them. So um, I think she's always, she's helped me in many, many things, you know, uh, and um, she, she was a teacher. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I meet a lot of her <laughs> former students and they will tell me, um, um, you know, my mother, my mother struggled with very severe rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. Um, um, she had very severe deformities in her hands and, um, you know, she walked very slowly. Um, she was incredibly underweight. Um, and she was um, in the school that she was in her last few years. It was um, a school where, you know, discipline was a massive issue. Mm. And you'd walk along the corridor and you'd see teachers in their classes with students standing on tables and doing all sorts of things. I, I, I remember these things because I've walked along that corridor looking for my mother. And I'd come to this very last class and there'll be complete silence or there or students having discussions engaged in something. Mm. And um and I've met some of those students and they and they've told me how um how they remember her because um they 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 actually were encouraged, they were taught, but they they are never quick to 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 remind they're always quick to remind me that they were told off when they needed it. Mm. And so I feel that all of that forms compassion. You know, it's not just um, this lovey-dovey thing, you know, um, that we so often think. It's not romanticized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way you say, I love the way you kind of said, you know, it's not this mushy stuff. <laughs> but she's, yeah, and I I think that's a really good take on it. I, I think you mentioned these. And, and by the way, your mother sounds amazing. Um, I wish I'd met her. She sounds incredible. You mentioned, yes, you mentioned three features there. You said it's proactive communication. You said it's non-judgmental. And you said it, you said, and this is probably my favourite one, speaking the truth in love. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so relevant. It's interesting. I did um, another episode um, about giving feedback and it's one of the most played episodes mm -hmm. because people find it really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, especially like in the corporate world I think well in any organization yeah really difficult to get that giving that feedback in a compassionate way but in a way that people understand it clearly and it and it's heard but in a, a kind of a positive way rather than yeah. a, a negative way that a lot of people find that challenging I find that challenging I think you probably find that challenging as well I don't think there's many people that don't yeah. uh, but I think what you said about speaking the truth in love actually relates to that as well in the workplace you know yeah. giving feedback to colleagues when our manager's given us feedback um and I, I just wondered as I'm thinking about that whether you had any examples of where you've seen that in action where someone has spoke truth, but in, in love. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this thing about the workplace, I think it's, it is tricky because I think, um, I, I remember definitely, um, um, when I was still young, <laughs> 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 but I remember that, um, you know, um, 
being told that you need to leave um, all this, um, you know, all your um, idealism and everything outside. Mm. Uh, and if you really look at it, it's we, we've been told to leave our humanity outside. Um, but then you go into the workplace and, um, but you're, you're still human, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about being human is, um, you're vulnerable. Mm. Um, and, and you, you can't stop it. I mean, you, you can't change that. There's a vulnerability that is there. And yet we're told to leave a lot of this, um, humanity outside, whatever, we know that helps us to cope with vulnerability. We've mm. been told to leave it outside, um, and I think I think that's actually very difficult um, because you 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 will have days when things go incredibly right for you, mm. you know. And if you're anything like me, you'll be grinning from ear to ear, probably annoying everyone in your path yeah. <laughs> he's not had a morning coffee yet <laughs> you know um, but you're supposed to leave that excitement that happiness outside that doesn't bode well or if you've had a, a difficult morning um, um, you know and uh, uh, you get to work you're meant to leave that outside mm. um, so I I was I was supposed to meet with um, a a potential partner um, a couple of weeks ago and um, it was I, I'm a stickler for time in general mm. and I, I get stressed when I'm late um, but my dog Loki named very appropriately I have to say um, decided that morning to <laughs> to throw up you know um, he, he wasn't sick Thankfully, yeah. um, he wasn't, you know, like uh, he didn't have any kind of illness or whatever, but he did throw up. He was, um, he, you know, dogs do that. Um, and I had to clean it up. I had to make sure he was okay. I, I, I don't have children. So this is my my kid in that sense. You know, he's got four legs and a tail. Um, and, um, and because I live about 30 kilometers away from the city where the meeting was, and because it was peak, time I knew I was going to be late already just mm. you know if you leave five minutes late it makes you 20 minutes late that's yeah. how it works so I, I immediately messaged the person um, and said you know I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry my dog's just thrown up um, I have to clean this all up make sure he's okay and then leave um, could we meet a little bit later I was expecting I was just bracing myself <laughs> <laughs> to get um or oh, let's cancel this meeting or something and he's like oh no don't worry about it you know um um this sort of thing happens um you take your time make sure he's well let me know when you are leaving I was like I was completely blown away because that was really kind it was generous you know um and when I went in for that meeting mm. I was completely um um, I was ready for that meeting because he had met me at a point where I needed to have him met. I, I didn't need him to to worry about Loki. I didn't need him to go, oh no, you poor thing. I didn't need all of that. Mm. And, and, um, and in the scheme of things, this example is such a small thing, but it just 
helped with the process for that whole day. Um, so you can imagine if it was something bigger for someone else, for anyone, for any one of us, um, or if it's someone who has a child, um, you know, who's fallen sick that morning. Um, and 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 there's that whole there's that whole um change in how you communicate and in uh sorry, not how you communicate, how you how you go through your day as a result of how you've communicated or been communicated to, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great that's a great example, Anita. And I just yeah, I think if you you multiply that, those small interactions, those micro interactions across the whole day. Yeah. I mean, that changes the whole yeah. the whole field of, of how you are and how yeah. you show up. Yeah. Um, that was in- incredibly compassionate of him. Um, yeah. And then you were allowed to show up with, you know, in the right frame of mind, not, not yeah. stressed out. So, yeah. yeah. Um. I think I'm just thinking that was a, a great thinking pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, no, I was, I was just, I was, I was still, yeah, <laughs> I was still processing that story because I just think it was such a good example. Um, and and I think like going back to what you said about like this idea of it's almost like I don't know when we we think of our professional life and our personal life, we kind of think of them as separate entities or we try we try our hardest to keep them separate but life's not really like that it gets messy and it's really difficult to keep that up and keep that going um and I think you know in the last few years I think uh that kind of idea of what it is to be professional has kind of been it's been more difficult because we've invited people into our homes by just the very fact that we're making all these different zoom calls and people are working from home. Um, I don't have a dog, but I have three kids. And <laughs> that, that, <laughs> you can imagine that comes with a lot of craziness around it. Um, I'm just wondering about this idea of professionalism and this idea of um, boundaries Um are there any boundaries that we should be aware of in the way that we communicate with others? Um, I think, um, so I think this area of professionalism that you're talking about is this idea of working from home a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, and I think that has been challenging. Um, if you are a leader or if you're you know whether you're a you know a, a bigger leader or high up there or whether you're leading a small team if you aren't someone who's or if you weren't already someone who's um who'd been exercising a certain amount of compassion mm. in your interactions I think the change would have been devastating because it I think one of the things that we we know from you know our WhatsApp or text messaging um, styles of communications is that it's a lot easier to be short and curt 
when you are not face to face with that person. Mm. Um, if you different people have different homes, you don't know what the environments are like. Um, you know, um, you have three kids. <laughs> um, it probably makes you very understanding. I have a dog who has got incredible trauma issues. Mm. Um, you know, um, and and who is sometimes so vocal. I've actually put him downstairs. There's a barrier so that he cannot come upstairs, and I've shut the door. So that, <laughs> that's that's because I can for this moment. He's very busy outside, but um, but there are there are um there are in, there are different uh situations. I live in a in a house where I have this space and I can do that to a certain mm. extent. Um, if you live in a house that's more crowded or where you don't have a proper workspace, mm. so many things, right? Um, it gets harder to, to meet that demand for professionalism the way it's been, I don't know, it's been defined previously. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I know someone who uh, uh, couldn't afford a chair, a proper chair, Mm-hmm. Um and who sat on a stool, a plastic stool, mm-hmm. um, for eight hours a day, working from home. Yeah. Um, and that that was you know that was difficult. Um, so this thing about boundaries. Um, and I think this you can take into any relationship, any interaction, because there are boundaries all over. The thing about boundaries is that, um we are not the benchmark. The benchmark is the other person. I mean, every single person mm-hmm. um, has their own set of boundaries. Um, so I guess if, I guess in order for our boundaries to not be overly high or to be overly exacting, um, it would be good if we were in a position um, where we could... Um, maybe be a bit more accepting of um, slightly different levels. Um, and I guess that comes out in how we communicate. Um, you know, um, um, I can only imagine what it would be like if um, the colleagues I, I've had, um, um, you know, um, made comments every time Loki decided to appear and lick my face because he is capable of jumping up on yeah. yeah and you know uh taking over the entire screen um so uh you know i can i can put him out for a while but he has got a loud 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 bark um so it's it's hard to manage and that's a small problem so um you know if you if you think about a lot of bigger things then how how we respond to it um, that shows our our ability or our, to be compassionate towards that other person. Um, yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's mm. it's not an easy one, I think. Um, and I guess I guess um, if our professional boundaries are way too high, um, then anything that falls short is seen as a faux pas. Mm. And yeah, may not be 
yeah, may not be a very good starting point, you know, in terms of how to be compassionate towards people. Yeah. Mm. So, so maybe what you're <clears throat> you're touching on there is like our levels of tolerance or our levels of expectation or our standards of perfectionism have to be adjusted quite significantly yes I think the the difference between empathy and compassion well my understanding of it is that compassion is is something with action so it's not just about empathizing and trying to understand where the other person is coming from but he's also acting on that so I can be empathetic of your your dog and his needs but am I actually being proactive it's going back to what you said about proactive Mm. communication Mm. am I am I offering a workaround am I offering a like a get out like Anita I'm not sure this is the right right time for us to be having this discussion I'm quite happy to meet you um you know later on in the week when you you have a bit more time like being more accommodating can go a long way in helping that communication be as effective as it can be yeah given the circumstances and it's a very um it's proactive yes I I really feel that very strongly but it's not something that should put us off because sometimes it's Mm. the smallest of gestures yeah Um, you know um I, I will say like my colleagues um um, when they hear Loki barking and I go, oh no, sorry. And and they'll all go like, hi Loki, hi Loki. I mean, I've got headphones on, that dog can't hear you. But it changes, it just changes the the atmosphere immediately because you know that, you know, everyone's not judging you. Everyone's like accepting. And I think that makes it different yeah 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 I think you're right it doesn't have to be any grand gesture those little those little things that go to acknowledging yeah over across a whole day over a week that makes a massive difference yeah yeah Yeah. okay so we're coming towards the end okay if our listeners would like to put care and compassion at the forefront of their communication going forward um what tips would you have for them? What, where do you think they could start? Um, so I I started by saying, um, you know, loving others more than yourself because mm. this is um, um, part of my worldview. It's part of my faith. Mm. And um, I think it's something that people can practice. Um, I think it's hard. I, I have to say yeah. it's very, very hard. Um, um, if I think about myself, for example, on a personal level, um, I know that um, I need to exercise greater patience. But patience isn't possible if I don't have love for this other person. And um, having love for someone is not easy. I mean, there are days I'm very sure it's very hard for people to love me just as there are days that it's very hard for me to love someone else. Um, but but it's um it's a discipline and it takes practice. It's not something that I think you can immediately say, okay, I'm gonna do this and bam, I'm an expert. Um 
I think I think it's a it's um a bit of like um moving forward with it, um, making a mistake, coming back, reflecting, or moving forward, doing something good, coming back and reflecting, and um being thoughtful enough so that it becomes a part of who you are and how you respond. Um, our first response sometimes is okay, sometimes isn't. Mm. Um, so being able to have that thoughtfulness um, and to say, okay, let me take a moment, um, you know, um, that that can be a little bit tricky. So I think it's, um, I think it's, I, I don't have like, um, like a shortcut to this, I'm afraid. I wish there was like a USB I could even stick into my yeah. own brain and download a program. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course not, Anita. I, there isn't a shortcut to this. But I suppose yeah. the first step is what you're saying is just, you know, making sure that at least that first response is one that's been thought out. So just yes. pausing, taking a moment. Um, yeah, and just being very much more conscious of yeah. The fact that you might not have all the story. Everyone yeah. has a backstory. Everyone yeah. has a context. And yes. just taking that moment to yes. maybe not read too much into a message yeah. as well. <laughs> Especially if it's a negative response, I think just go like, okay, hold your horses. Just if you if you immediately have a, a negative response or something, something that is triggering you that's the point that you probably need to hold back and it's a lot easier said than done yeah you know yeah so you initially might find that you are um, letting go and then you're like oops yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, give it because yeah it's so easy to just get straight back to it and reply and get it all out but yes you've sent it then the kind of the damage is (laughs) is out there um and you can't yeah. get back um yeah, yeah this is a note to myself as well as we said we started we're not experts there's no shortcuts here. um but yeah. just being more conscious aware noticing um thinking about the mistakes you've you've made reflecting yeah. on them and making sure that you try not to do it again being yeah. patient with yourself and others yeah. trying to be kind to yourself yeah <laughs> it, it does apply to yourself too i mean um my my big my big thing is like I'll go oh I'm so stupid and then I'll go oh I wasn't supposed to say that so you sometimes will see yeah. um if I'm chatting to a friend over WhatsApp I'll say oh I'm so stupid I did this and then I'll say oh I wasn't supposed to say I'm so stupid <laughs> so it's almost like um um you know the next step so it's but that's towards myself you know mm. um um sometimes when you respond to someone and and then you think oh okay how did that come across um you could even maybe follow up and say hey i i need to make sure that this mm. doesn't sound this so there are ways for us to cope there are ways for us to grow but i think um ultimately is don't stop being that proactive person in how you communicate Mm. Um, you know, just keep looking for ways in which you can be showing this um love uh towards others, um, putting their needs above yours. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
just one 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 last little question that I ask all guests (laughs) I know we've spoken (laughs) a lot about compassion but there are six c's in six comms the six c's of effective communication and I just wondered other than compassion what one resonates most with you now and why and they are just to remind you maybe and the listeners they are connection compassion curiosity clarity customization and consistency that is so hard (laughs) um i'm probably going to say connection Mm -hmm. connection resonates with me um maybe maybe that's a personality thing i'm not sure um it's important to me to connect if I go somewhere and I don't connect with someone I have this horrible feeling of failure (laughs) (laughs) okay um no it's 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 important it's very important to me um if I go on holiday the things I tend to remember are the people Mm. um, and they can be people who sold me stuff so I will remember very clearly um the 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 Italian man at the marketplace in Florence who sold me a locket um, a lot more clearly than how I remember Florence itself. Um, that's how I am um, mm-hmm. because the connection that he and I would have had while we were chatting um, would have made Florence for me. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's how things go with me. So connection is very important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I share that as well. I, I remember people by, you know, the way they've interacted me. I think we're people, people. That's what yeah. we are, Anita. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's great. So connection is for you. And I think obviously connection and compassion to uh, all of these Cs, I think they they interconnect. Yeah. Um, they're best friends with each other. There is some yeah. connection there between all of them. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you and I have really enjoyed this this connecting conversation today. Nice. Uh, Thank you. And I hope to connect with you again soon in the future. Who knows? Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for doing the podcast. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you very much, Anita. All right. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to go to the show notes to see how you can connect with our fabulous guests and to check out the recommended resources if you're curious to find out more about this topic. If you would like to connect with Lisa to see how Six Comms could work with you and your team, please email her at lisa at sixcoms.org to arrange a free 30-minute connect call to discuss your learning needs.